Welcome to episode number 44 of the Grab Blogger podcast. We're helping academics change the world through online business. We're giving you the tools, the tips, the tricks, the strategies you need to build an online business based on your expertise, on your research background, so that you can change the world with the knowledge that you have and knowledge that you have as an academic and a researcher. My name is Dr. Chris Cloney, and today's episode, we're talking about getting your sales sequence right. And in particular, we're talking about marketing your online conference. So this will actually be a series of episodes. Um, they may not be contiguous. It may not be one back-to-back. I'm going to keep coming back to this topic of marketing an online conference because that's something I'm doing right now, actually. Something I've been doing for the last four or five months coming into the start of 2020. So we talked about this briefly on previous episodes. On episode 34, we talked about five tips for creating a direct email campaign to sell an event. In episode 36, we talked about three selling strategies that are working for me right now. These were focused around actually selling tickets and specifically selling tickets to speakers to attend and present at my event, which is the 2020 Digital Dust Safety Conference that we're hosting through dustsafetyscience.com and specifically through an online platform that we created, which is the Dust Safety Academy, which is all in the background of my brand that I build as an online company. So we talked in the previous episodes then about what the conference looks like, and this is a a four-day online event where each presentation is uh, webinar style and they're done back to back and we have breaks and things scheduled. There's a community forum where speakers can go get a virtual coffee and talk with each other. There's an exhibition area, like a trade show that you can go talk to other speakers. So it's this big event that we're running in my industry and in my field. Um, In these previous episodes, we talked about different ways that I've been marketing the event, specifically focusing on direct email outreach and the the really high conversion rates that we had there. But there was a difficulty or a tipping point kind of came where we stopped making direct sales. And then our systems that we had for marketing the event online just weren't performing very well. So this series particularly, and this was, you know, starting a couple months ago, um, and then we've really been focusing on improving that leading up to the conference. So the time of this recording, it's January 15th, 2020. The events actually go, is occurring live February 24th, 2020. And then we're recording it and making it available through the, the platform as well. So the next, um, we had an eight-week plan and that entire eight weeks to start 2020 was all focused on selling and getting registrants into the conference platform um, and selling tickets for the event. So in this particular episode, we're going to talk about getting your sales sequence right. We're going to talk about why focusing on your sales sequence is important, some mistakes maybe that I made early days or some things that I learned through this whole process, how to improve your sales sequence. We're going to talk about what are the main takeaways from the analysis that I did on our processes at Dust Safety Science and how do we go about improving that sequence. And we're going to talk a bit about the new sales sequence and how that is performing. So this sales sequence, you call the funnel, you call a lot of different things. I use the term the funnel is not for people, it's for numbers. So you can kind of watch and see where your where your numbers are dwindling. But you don't really want to trap people in a funnel where they have this vision where they can't get out and they get stuck and they're trying to climb the walls and, and get out of your brand and you won't let them. So I call the sales sequence. This is just the process of bringing people from um, an uneducated about what you're doing prospect through to a lead, through to a buyer and delivering a happy customer at the end of the day. So we're talking about how to improve the sales sequence in this episode. So why is honing in on the sales sequence important? And why is this such a, a big focus if you want to actually sell tickets to your event? So first off, direct selling has really high conversions. So we talked about this in these previous episodes where I sent around 100 direct emails to people I knew that might be interested. And we're getting a 50% conversion rate. You're just not going to get this anywhere else. 
But once I did the analysis of our online system, so things like social media, things like website capture, bringing people into the sales page for the event, I realized that those were not performing very well. They were performing somewhere between 0.1 and 0.2% of people that were seeing the sales page were actually registering for the conference. So if you invert this number, I would need 500 to 1,000 people to visit that sales page to sell one ticket. And we just weren't getting those type of volume. And I figured we could do better if we really focused in on it. And now we're actually with our new sales sequence, we're getting 2 to 5% conversion. So 25 to 50 times better than we were doing with our older sequence. And we're actually talk about that in this episode specifically. In this episode, we're going to also talk about the elements of a sales page um, in terms of the ones that I picked up that I wanted in my sales page. And you actually see the sales page that we're using at dustsafetyacademy.com slash gradblogger. So this page probably won't be around forever. Um, it's just live now because the event's being sold live. We also created a cheat sheet, which is a checklist for the simple sales sequence setup. So it includes a sales page, the order page, thank you page, and then just a bullet point, the different elements that we have in the sales page. So if you're listening to this when it comes out, you can go to dustsafetyacademy.com slash grabblogger, actually see the sales page, or if you're listening to the future, and even if you're listening to it now, you can go get that upgrade at grabblogger.com slash 44 for this episode and get the checklist for the simple sales sequence setup. So how do you go about improving your sales sequence then? So the first thing is to get something up. Step one is to get something up anything. In my case, I did what most academic conferences do. I actually went and looked at examples from academic conferences and create a, an event page or a sales page based on that. So it was very text-heavy. It had objective. It had scope, the typical things you see at an online academic conference. And I kind of thought, you know, this will work for my audience because that's what kind of audience I have. But it doesn't work well for any audience. It doesn't work well even for the, the academic conferences that we have. That's why the attendance of these sort of things are dwindling. But that's just what I knew. So that's what I created. And again, it worked really well. We were doing direct sales, basically because I was getting people that were agreeing to attend via email before we even sent them to the page. And then, of course, that converted them because they were already in. But once you're sending colder leads and, and people from social media, people that are coming through to our website to this page, it just wasn't converting very well. But the important part is that I got it up. So that's step number one, get something up, and that could be something to track. Step two is to track the numbers for a set period. In my case, I made a sheet with all of the relevant pages. So the sales page, the order page, where you actually take the credit card information afterwards, the thank you page, which indicates that somebody, anybody's landed on that page has actually made a sale. So take a sheet and record all the views. We did seven-week period, I believe, from middle of October to the start of December in 2019. And once you have all these page views, then go find the relevant referral information. So this could be things like clicks from your newsletter or clicks from social media or clicks to links on your own website. How'd they get into those page views? And you're probably not going to be able to find everything unless you set up really well to start. But in my case, I was able to find where about 40% of the traffic came from. And this was enough to analyze what was happening with my page and, and improve it overall. So step number one, get something up, anything. Step number two, track the numbers for a set period. And step number three is to analyze the numbers. So now you have the page views, you have the referral information, you have it all in one sheet, and you can make a hypothesis saying, okay, well, I think that most of our traffic is coming in from this source. Okay, maybe we need to test that and put a bit.ly link or something in there. And just make some hypothesis about how you can improve the process and kind of test it and play with it. And this is where the scientific method comes in, but it'll tell you and, and show you where the gaps are in your current sales process. So then when I ran this analysis on our own site and our own pages, what were the main takeaways? I had about 10 big takeaways that I, that I found, but I'll mention the top three here because these are ones that we'll talk about in upcoming episodes as part of this series on marketing your online conference. 
So taking it away, number one was that convergence, conversion of the sales sequence was really low. Actually, at first glance, this, this didn't seem to be the case. We had, over that seven-week period, 1,038 people view the, the event page. We had 64 signups, so that's 6.1%. But when you subtract out the people that actually agreed because of the direct email methods I was using to register before they even saw the page, um, we were getting very low everybody else's conversion rates. Um, so somewhere between 0.1% and 0.2%. So again, you'd need 500 people at these 500 to 1,000 people at these low conversion rates just to have one person make a sale. What I was automatically thinking in my head is, okay, we're done with this direct sale, selling method. We're going to move to social media promotion and other things. But if we repeat the seven weeks again where we have 1,000 people come through the sales page, we're only going to get exactly one or exactly two sales with this, uh, this kind of clunky sales page that's working right now. So that was observation number one conversion of the sales sequence that we had in place was really low. And this, again, is because we copied it from academic conferences using this really heavy text-based event page that uh, wasn't converting very well. So the second takeaway from this analysis was that our newsletter was our best source of traffic. We talked about this previously in episode 27 of the podcast, where we talked through the traffic analytics for my blogging business. But in particular, our newsletter does really well. Uh, this is because we've released it every week now for three years. We always provide value of information. We have a strategy around getting people involved and clicking through and participating in the newsletter, using it to build authority. And now that we're actually launching an event, we're getting a lot of people that are actually going through the sales page because they trust what's going on in that newsletter. So in particular, we had an ad on the image, an image ad at the bottom of the newsletter, which was getting between 50 and 100 people clicking through just with the passive kind of sponsorship ad at the very bottom of the newsletter, um, encouraging people to check out the conference. The problem was that very few of these people were actually converting and buying tickets at the end of the day. So this passive strategy is getting traffic to our event page, but it wasn't actually converting people to sellers. So that's a kind of a big takeaway. The third takeaway I want to talk about is the overall traffic was just not high enough. So even if I magically increased our conversion rate, say 25 times better, so we were up to 5%, and we were only having you know a, a thousand people see the event page every seven weeks, We'd only have a handful of people registering each week. And this just wasn't enough to you know, have the kind of event that we want to have today. And when I look back, now when I'm recording this episode, we've just had um, our 150th person register for the event. And we would not have got there with the sales page that was converting at 0.1 to 0.2% and sending out direct emails. So those are the three big takeaways from our analysis. Takeaway number one, conversion sequence uh, had very low sales. The newsletter was our best traffic source. And overall, the traffic's not high enough. And we'll talk about these in upcoming episodes. Um, particularly, we'll talk about the newsletter in the next episode. We'll talk about our other marketing strategies to get the overall traffic higher in other episodes as well. And in this episode, we're talking about the sales sequence itself. So that begs the question then, how do you go about improving your sales sequence now that you know where the faults are? I put a five-step process here. Step number one is to be open-minded. If you find yourself thinking, that won't work for my audience, which I found a lot, you know, nip that in the bud right away, or probably more important, write that thing down. It probably is the thing that you need to do. So I was thinking in particular that video wouldn't work for my audience and these online marketing type sales pages wouldn't work. And I realized that that's probably the thing I need to try. And uh, at the end of the day, we found that that had a much better result than uh, the sales pages that we're using. So step number one, be open-minded. Step number two is to find examples that you like. You don't need to rewrite the wheel. Find something that inspires you, find uh, people that you resonate with and that you like how they operate and see how, what their sales pages look like. 
and write down the things that inspire you. And I'd encourage you to actually find one and use that as your major template. And then also go through and create a checklist. So step three is create a checklist. Focus on building things into that checklist that you like about other people's pages. So these could be things like social proof. They could be things like videos. It could be things like specific structures. This checklist will give you something to build your own page, but will also give you something to draw on later. So if you want to build another um, sales page a year from now, you can come back to your checklist and say, okay, what was in that again? And you can kind of play with it and add different elements. And as I mentioned at the outset, the checklist that I built through this process for myself, you can get at grablar.com slash 44 um, as a download for this episode. So step number four is to get the right tool. It can be something that's really simple as just some built-in tool, some built-in plugin to WordPress, um, or it could be lead pages. In my case, uh, I am using 10X Pro as my platform for the conference. This is like a membership platform you can build on top of. They have their own um, landing page editors. But don't waste your time trying to build out in some janky kind of really terrible, hard-to-use editor. If it's taking you hours to build this thing, then you really should be spending those hours doing other stuff like coming up with new marketing and ideas for your conference. So get the right tools. And they don't necessarily have to be paid, but in a lot of cases, you get what you pay for. And if you pay for something that's nice, you're going to be able to get through and get it done and look a lot nicer a lot quicker. Then step number five is to ship it. The sales page does not have to be perfect, but get it out into the world. This makes me think of just a video. This one's actually a little bit... um, a little bit embarrassing, but so those of you who are listening know that I'm in Canada, so I don't have a great grasp on um, United States geography. But uh, I, I shot some videos the other day, and then when my wife came home, we were talking in the evening, and I said, did you know that there's a state called Arkansas? Because one of the people that was in that I was featuring in the video was from Arkansas, and I read it, and it's A-R-K-A-N-S-A-S, which to me is A-R-Kansas. And I couldn't believe that there's a state that I'd never heard of. And I was trying to think through this. And then I convinced my wife that this was a real state. And it took us about 20 minutes before we realized that this was Arkansas. And I even named Arkansas. I was like, it's, I was like they combined Arkansas and Kansas together and came up with a state that's Arkansas. And I was just flabbergasted that, that there could possibly be a state that I didn't know. And the worst part is we looked it up. We looked at the list of states. And, and there it is, A-R-K-A-N-S-A-S as a state in the list. And we're like, wow, there it is. Anyway, we figured out it was Arkansas later, um, but the thing was the video went out anyway. Um, I didn't even update it, and some people made some funny comments about me being a Canadian and talking about Arkansas. Yeah, so that's my funny little story with shipping it. So get it out there, even if it's not perfect, and it's better to be in the world imperfect than just sitting on the shelf not being put out there if you haven't got it finished. So those are the five steps to improve your sales sequence. One, be open-minded. Two, find examples that you like. Three, create a checklist of the things that you like into one place and use one of those examples as a template. Four, get the right tool. And five, doesn't have to be perfect, but ship it and get it out into the world. So as I mentioned, you can actually get the sales page checklist that I created when I was going through this process at grablar.com slash 44. There should be a way to download the um, cheat sheet that we've added there, the checklist that we've added. As always, you can get the transcripts for this episode there as well. Again, that's at grablar.com slash 44. It comes in a nice PDF. You can use it for your own business. I want to talk about five tips to creating your sales sequence. And in particular, I'm going to talk about the sales page itself. Um, So the sales sequence I built out was a a simple one. It's just a sales page, which leads to an order page. So this is where you enter your credit card information. When they enter the credit card information and press buy, um, it takes the order and sends them to a thank you page. So again, you see the whole thing in the checklist and all the elements I have. And if the page is still up, you can go to dustsafetyacademy.com slash gradblogger and see the sales page. You'll probably be up for a while. 
but eventually we'll probably take that down and you just have to grab the cheat sheet. But five tips for creating the sales page. Tip number one, put a call to action first thing. So at the very top, somehow, if it's a button or a big image or something, just buy now and take them straight to the order page. And this is the fast track. This is for people that know they want to buy and they don't um, need the, all the extra information. They don't need to read through a long-form sales letter or anything. Put a nice, heavy call to action right at the start. And for us, this was an image that uh, showed some a hand with the conference platform on mobile and said, got your ticket question mark and then register now. So just some kind of simple call to action that people can get to right away. They don't have to waste time if they know they want to register. Number two, use videos. They convert much better. Um, This is probably the number one difference between the original sales sequence or sales page that I created and the new one is that we have two videos. I have a a welcome video at the top just uh, saying, hey, Chris, and introducing myself and just talking briefly about the conference. Then closer to the bottom, we have an actual what can you expect, where I walk through why we're running the event, um, how it's going to benefit the people that are attending, and what it's going to look like after you press the purchase button. What's the platform going to look like? What can you expect? Um, All right in that second video. So use videos. Number three is to focus on benefits, not features. The first time I wrote the sales page, I had a lot of you know, 40 speakers and the community forum, the things that I mentioned, but turn those around into benefits. So it's about understanding, in my case, understanding upcoming regulation changes in your industry. Do you have questions about dust hazard analysis, safety culture and training? Get these answered. There's no travel, no lodging or extra costs because it's online. You are able to communicate with a, a community. So really try to focus on the benefits, not the features of your event. Tip number four is to use social proof. So in this case, I grabbed some nice images of some of the speakers, tried to pick out ones that were um, well-known and that you know had good uh, presentation talks and good titles and that sort of thing and, and feature those. And we have, I think, what do we have? Eight here on the sales page, just showing you know who's speaking. And I think we have joined over 40 speakers from around the world, a bunch of images and headshots of them, and then and many more, just to show that this is a real event with real people and you know just to highlight the, that social proof element. And then number five is to finalize the program and get it up as soon as possible. So the number one question, and we'll talk about this in the next episode on um, developing your marketing sequence for your newsletter, but the number one question I kept getting back, well, what's the program? What's the program? Who's going to be presenting? So if you finalize your program early, you can actually put that on the sales page. Um, and our, we've seen a noticeable spike in sales since we actually put the, the event program up. We actually create a PDF of the program as well with links back to the sales page in it. That's performed very well as well. So from implementing the sales page then, what are the results that we're seeing? So just in the last three weeks, and this is just at the start of 2020, we've had a really heavy promotion period where we're going through four different marketing channels. We'll talk a bit about this in the, probably the next week's podcast episode, but we have four marketing channels and they're getting progressively more and more and more people coming through the pages. So just in the last three weeks, we've had over a thousand people view the new sales page that we have. 15 to 20% of those are clicking through the order page. 15 to 25% of those that are clicking through the order page are actually purchasing. So overall, we're having 2 to 5% of the people, depending on which referral source they're coming in from, actually buying tickets over and over again in a repeatable fashion over the last three weeks. So this sales page is converting you know, 25, 50 times better than the text-based sales page that we started with because of this whole process I've outlined in this podcast episode. So that's it for this episode of the podcast. Again, this is part of the marketing your online conference series. Um, get your sales sequence right. It's a specific episode. This is part one of the series, and we actually had a couple 
uh, we'll say precursor episodes previously in episode 34 and 36. But if you look through um, our, our subsequent episodes coming later, we'll, we'll come back and revisit this as we grow out the marketing plan and as we do more um, launching this conference. We have 150 people registered now. I'm really excited to see what we can do over the next six, seven weeks leading up to the event as well. And we'll be sharing that on the Grab Blogger podcast. So in this episode, we, we talked about why focusing on your sales sequence is important. We talked about the three steps to improve your sales sequence. Um, we talked about my top three takeaways from my own analysis, which were that the conversion sale of the sales sequence is too low in my case. Newsletter was our best source of traffic and overall traffic's not high enough. Then we fed these in to develop a marketing plan, which we'll talk about in subsequent podcast episodes. Then we talked about how to rebuild your sales sequence. What process should you go through to come up with a sales page that's going to work better? And we talked about five steps. Be open-minded, find examples you like, create a checklist, get the right tools, and create and ship the thing into the world. I also mentioned that the checklist that I built through my analysis of the, the sales pages I liked, uh, you can find the sales page at dustsafetyacademy.com slash gradblogger um, if that's still up. And you'd also get the cheat sheet with the checklist that I created from this podcast episode at gradblogger.com slash 44. So I hope you have a great week ahead. I hope you are finding these episodes uh, and the Grabblogger podcast helpful in building your online business, building out your blog understanding how to do things like market and sell online, how to build a business, um, how have the correct systems in place. If you like this episode, you can tag me on social media, at Grabblogger on Twitter, on Instagram, across different social channels. I'm really forward to continue to bring you the exciting news from launching this conference from the, the back of my blog and my research company, but also to help you continue to grow your business and to do the same if you're interested in launching your own conference as well. Mm-hmm.